All right. So uh, as as per usual, we have our cold email podcast. Uh, lately, we've gotten a lot of inquiries about more than just the podcast specific, you know, or sorry, more than just email lead generation, um, how to get leads, what to do with leads, a lot about the sales cycle. And since we have the capabilities here and, and a lot of the knowledge as far as how to, um, you know, best best close deals, we've been doing it ourselves. And, and then Vit Gelfand, the guest here today, has a lot of knowledge as, as to, you know, his own sales background. I'll let him talk, talk to that shortly here. So we figured we kind of focus today a little bit more on specifics of how to best, you know, monopolize the leads that you have coming in, how to close them, best follow-up practices, tools to use, all that kind of jazz. Uh, Vit uh, Galfand, I'll let you take the floor a little bit with an introduction on maybe how you got started into some sales stuff. Uh, yeah, thank you, Andrew. So uh, my name is Vit Galfand, and I've been in sales for over 20 years. Uh, the way I got into sales is actually kind of an interesting, funny story. Andrew probably has never heard of this story before. I got into sales in, in the mid-90s, actually, so it's been a while. So I've been in sales and business for a long time and uh, got into sales as I was finishing up college. You know, this was a completely different world in the 90s, you know, not the digital world that we have now. And I answered an ad in the newspaper for uh, what wasn't really an advertising for sales, or at least I didn't think it was. It turned out to be door-to-door uh, -to -door or in-home sales for a very expensive vacuum cleaner. So for the first uh, uh, 10 years of my sales experience, that's what I did. Uh, first as a sales rep, then as a trainer, then I had my own company selling this very expensive vacuum cleaner. You know, we didn't call it a vacuum cleaner because it also, you know, filtered uh, the air and it helped people with asthma and allergies. Uh, the brand, if you're very curious, if uh, some of you guys are curious, finding out about the brand, it's called Filter Queen, competed directly, competes directly with Kirby and Rainbow Vacuums. Uh, the cost was anywhere between $2,000 and $3,000, and we went on appointments that telemarketers would set for us. And very often, okay, you, you had to have the skills to be able to actually talk your way into the door because the people, okay, when they're opening the door very often were very clueless about what was about to happen. You know, so this was a two-hour sales presentation, and then uh, you, most people didn't uh, purchase it outright with cash or credit card. They actually financed it with payments. So it was a very difficult sale. And this is how I got into it. And I did that uh, for over 10 years. I remained in that business, you know, as a sales rep, a sales manager, trainer, and then a distributor. And I had salespeople working for me. So that was, that's how I actually got into sales. You know, when I had my business, okay, I had to operate, uh, telemarketing room while also hiring salespeople, okay, with a very, very high turnover rate. Uh, when I say turnover rate, uh, the turnover, turnover rate in that type of industry was 90%. After so how long? What does 90% mean? After, after, week, 45, after okay. 45 days of the people that you would hire, they would no longer be there. And you would hire in groups, you know, so we would hire people in groups, interview them, uh, put them through a three-day, four-day training, and then get them out on appointments. So, uh, and it was commission only for those guys. And so that's the good ones, the turnover was so high. The exactly. good ones were making money, but the bad ones would get. The good but, ones survived, okay? And those are the ones that you kept, but you uh, that, was, that, that was the issue. So I got into it in a very, very kind of a hardcore way. You know, not only did I learn phone sales, 
you know, with the telemarketing department that I had to uh, run. And the, these telemarketers, no. they they uh, they called homeowners straight out of the phone book in those days, if you can believe it, you know. And then they set appointments for the sales reps to go out on these appointments, you know. So that's exactly what I was going to iterate. It sounds clearly like you are qualified to have a discussion just on, a little bit on just, just a little bit i'm Given, a little bit qualified right exactly qualified, cold door uh, knocking yep. to you know hiring and training a sales team yeah and effectively obviously, managing them and, and growing into obviously. what you have now uh, business to business sales i should say uh, when you're calling a c-level people very different than hiring uh, or uh, uh cold calling into homeowners it's very different b2c b2b two completely different things i would say they're barely even this, I mean, in the same ballpark. Um, so, some of the skills, okay, that you can sure. acquire, okay, uh, in B two C sales that I did will make you very good at B two B because B two B is significantly easier for multiple reasons. Which is funny because I think if you talked about the how hard it is to get into one of the categories, B two C probably feels like it's a lot easier for a lot of people to get into. You know, it, maybe it, I'm wrong there. It, it, it kind of depends, you know, because you know we're talking cold calling. It's not, uh, sure. you know, it's not as though you have, you, you know, people are inviting you into their house, right. you know, uh, to, 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 to be sold on something, you know, so it's a very different thing. Uh, it was very difficult. Okay. But that's how I got started in sales and business. That is a perfect explanation. Uh, that being said, I think we, you know, we got about 25 ish questions here. I'd like okay. to kind of start chipping away mm -hmm. at, at some of these guys sure. and just get your opinion on them. And sure. then if they develop into a further yep. conversation, you know, what have you. Excellent. So when you get a, this is going to be in reference to a, a warm lead, mm -hmm. uh, whether no matter what medium it comes from, whether it be a, a phone, you know, initially a cold call and then you turned it warm or, a, you know, one of our services, like an email that mm -hmm. turned warm. When you get a, a cold lead that turns warm, what's your next step? Do you send a full sales deck or do you try to have a casual conversation to build a relationship? What is your process? Well, my process is I send them a short little email. Uh, email is, uh, you know, four to six lines long. Okay. And then what I do is I couple that with a voicemail. I'm trying to get them on the phone so I could actually schedule a call. Uh, depending on what's being sold, the product or service, if it's not a transactional sale, a transactional sale is something that can be sold very easily. It's inexpensive. It's, you know, maybe several hundred dollars, certainly less than a thousand. Decision can be made easily. For most you know, of these questions, yep. interrupt, let's pretend we're doing a B2B sale for a product that's at least a thousand dollars. At least a thousand dollars. At that point, at that point, okay, if it's at least a thousand dollars, then you need to schedule a call. Okay, so that's very important is you can't you should not be elevator pitching your product or solution. You should schedule a call. You get them on the phone. You literally tell them that, hey, you know, I don't have time to talk to you right now. I'd like to get you on the phone tomorrow. I may I suggest a few times, even if they tell you they have time to talk, you actually do not know what that means in theory. Okay, it could be that they, oh, I have a few minutes to talk. Well, can you sell? What you have and justify the price and all the benefits, okay, in a couple of minutes. Well, and are they actually listening and are they prepared to listen? Are they exactly. Taking all the exactly. information you're going to tell them. Exactly. Exactly. Once a call is scheduled, the psychology of that call changes exponentially, okay, because now they're prepared to listen and you want to send them a calendar invite. Now it's on their calendar tomorrow, one o'clock, you know, or to, you know, Wednesday at two, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a couple of pop up reminders that popped up. They see it on their calendar. Now, okay, they know they're going to talk about, you know, XYZ product or solution with you. Now they're prepared 
Okay, versus before when you got them on the phone, it was you interrupted them. And even if they told you that they're ready to talk and they have a few minutes, that doesn't mean anything in theory. So do not put yourself into a position where you're elevator pitching anything. Because in a, in a nutshell, at that point, you're kind of tap dancing. Kind of like a tap dancer on the street. Tap, 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 tap. Can I have some money? Can't do that. Okay. You have to get that. You have to have sure. some respect for yourself. In short, a, a scheduled call is going to have their full undivided attention. They're prepared for it. Exactly. They understand what relatively you're going to be pitching them. It, it's, a, it's, it's a whole set in stone thing. Okay. Exactly. And obviously you've tried both a number of times and, and no one has better results. I guess this is a tough question because it probably depends a lot based on every specific business. But again, let's just take an average uh, let's take two different purposes or propositions here. Your B two C back in the day, your B two C uh, vacuums under a thousand dollars, I think. No, it was over two thousand. Over two thousand. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, yeah sometimes three thousand dollars. Okay. Um, what's never, a good closing never rate? Buy one. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> what's uh, a what's a good closing rate? I know well, it's like very subjective. You know, depending well, on the product and, and. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Okay, since you're talking about vacuums, okay, yes. in that industry, okay, uh, the good salespeople close between twenty five and thirty percent. You know, across the board, those are the people that survive. So you go on, uh, uh, let's say, ten appointments, and you can do a demo front to back. Okay, a demo, an hour and a half, yeah. two hours, and they close between twenty-five and thirty percent. Wow, those are the good ones. Those are the good ones. The commission. Uh, remember, this is a straight. This was a straight commission yeah. job in those days, um, and uh, they would make between. It depends on the on the size of the sales because you could negotiate. Uh -huh. You know, so. Um, and you, you actually closed with the help of the sales manager at the office. At the end of the demo, you would call back to the sales manager. You had him on the phone. So you had this kind of going back and forth. It was very cheesy. I, I, you know, this is some of I, that like 1990s I don't, sales guy, you know, technique you see in the movies. Oh. They're like, oh, hey, yeah, you can offer them, offer them 10% off right now. Don't leave their house. Yeah, kind yeah, of shit. yeah, yeah. So no, it was, it was a very worked out, uh, kind of a gig and situation. Okay. Where, uh, it, it, it was actually relatively smooth but i can't i can't diffuse the cheesiness of it it right. was very it's, cheesy it sounds like that predatorial sales uh well i mean you know, you know kind of yeah kinda. it was it was a little it was a little bit but you i learned a lot okay, okay. doing it okay those guys uh product 2500 bucks three thousand dollars maybe you can negotiate down to at least like 1200 1300 the good ones uh they they could close 25 to 30 to 30 percent wow you know um and i hired i remember I hired salespeople that had uh, insane closing percentages. Where I looked at them and I and I and I would literally think to myself, "There's no way, I, if I went out, there's no way I would be able to close like they do." Now, of course, as far as organizational and management skills, they couldn't organize themselves out of a paper bag, okay. <laughs> but okay, as far as the sales, you know, it was. Uh, I remember several times I hired, uh, for example, uh, this guy that was a raging alcoholic. Okay, he would disappear for about a month and a half sometimes. But when come he was back, there, he would crush it. Come back, okay, and then and then for the next month and a half, he was just uh, unstoppable. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I can't fire him. You know, this is you know what I can't even criticize him. You know what I mean? No. So that so there was it was like okay, that. Okay, uh, so it's uh, you know it's very uh, the answer to that question is tough. It's across the board. It depends on the industry and the product. It de depends on the industry some things and are the 20 product. Some I mean you know you, you got to research your own industry. Okay, you got to see what people are saying. You know, if you have a solution that's ten, twenty thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars that people are spending with you over a course of one year, you you know an acceptable closing rate could be between. 10 and 15% or 20%. I, I would also argue you know? there's not such a thing as a flat 
closing rate, meaning the source of leads. And then even within different sources, you have different niches or industries that you might be targeting. And each of them are going to have their own specific closing rate, yeah. if you will. So yeah. like for us, when we run campaigns uh, in, at Better B2B Leads, you know, we're going to have Facebook leads that come in and those are going to be significantly lower expectations than from, you know, our inbound email leads. Okay. Absolutely. And then that versus leads that come from people who find us on media sources, like the podcast or, or Q and a videos that we make, those are going to be significantly higher. So there's no black and white catch all closing rate. You have to really kind of look not only at your industry, what you're selling, what, what the industry that the leads you're pitching to are in, and then the medium that these leads come from. All of those things are going to be huge factors. So it's a really tough question to answer. And I think kind of what the, the end, end, end all answer there is going to be is simply it comes down to doing some research within your industry, your specific product, and, and the source of your leads, and then figuring out how you can improve from there. Exactly. So trial and error and improvement. Exactly. I would add that, uh, you know, certain industries are going to close higher always, you know, and they, uh, like we have success in certain industries where we close higher than other in industries. So. It, it, it really depends. There's so many. This question is a lot more. There's a lot of uh, subsets it, to this question. You could have a, a five-hour episode on each specific niche just on on, on that question. Yep. Um, and we can come back. We can, yeah, we can no, talk well, about yeah, that absolutely. specifically even for a little Absolutely. No, for sure. For the purpose of not wasting three hours of, of your, your time, <laughs> move on to the next one. Uh, here's, here's one of my favorites. What can I do to overcome my belief that sales is equal to pushy? If, uh, well, you know, every single company survives based on sales that they make, okay? There is no such thing as commerce without sales, okay? That's that's the reason capitalism exists. So if you're, uh, I don't know, if you're uh, uh, in business to make a profit, then you have to be able to get over that, you know? And the other part of that, here's how I'm going to answer the other part of that, is that, uh, you know, you're solving problems. You have to believe in the product and the solution that you're going to be selling, if there's pain points uh, that uh, your target market is experiencing, okay, you have to become an expert, okay, in how you're going to solve those problems. You know, so your product has to be a benefit. You know, you're helping these people, these companies, with what you're selling. So, and the way to approach that literally is what I just said: is you have to that that whole, that entire sales conversation has to be about them, the problems and the pain that they're experiencing and how you're going to help them. Okay, that's what you have to do, especially not, well, in any sort of sales. That's so, it. yeah, I think that's the best answer that you could have said because I've read that on different forums here and there about, hey, you know, how do I overcome this? Or I don't want to be like I'm bugging these guys. And it's like, well, you're not bugging them if you actually believe that your product or service is going to improve, you know, their company, right? They're yeah. kind of at the bottom of the line or bottom of the day, it's either going to save them time or make them money. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's simple as that. Exactly. I would add one more thing. Okay. Is that, uh, and this is a very difficult thing for people going into sales to really kind of wrap their minds around is that uh, sales is a numbers game, you know, and it's a numbers game kind of, I'm going to compare it to baseball because look at baseball, for example, is that a good hitter. Okay. That goes, that gets into the hall of fame is a 300 hitter. Okay, that means this Hall of Famer is failing, you know, 70% of the time. Just think about that. Somebody in the Hall of Fame fails 70% of the time. 
So what is it? What am I trying to say here? Is that uh, you know you could go and you could uh, have ten sales appointments, ten sales calls. Seventy uh, percent of those will not go anywhere, and you can't be discouraged by that. You know, and uh, among the seven failures, you might feel some uh, maybe some negativity there. You know, so what you have to be able to psychologically prepare yourself is that uh, you're going to be successful 30 percent of the time and the 70 percent of the time that you're not successful, whether there's negativity, there's pushback. Someone might even call you pushy. OK, in that 70 percent failure. OK, you have to be OK and not let that affect you. Okay, because you're looking for those winners, you know. I would so. also just make a quick point in that that question initially is like if you get it, make sure you're in the right field too. I mean, that's like if you were to say, Hey, I'm I'm an EMT driver and how do I overcome my fear of blood? Maybe if you're too worried about being pushy in a sales role, you shouldn't be in a sales role. And I don't mean that derogatory or negatively, I'm just meaning if it's something that gives you a lot of stress because you don't want to offend someone or call them when they're busy or you know what ha interrupt their day that might not be the best fit for for you to be involved in it yeah. takes a kind of a, a certain level of i'm okay interrupting this guy because i'm confident in what i'm going to bring him is going to make him more happy that i called and excited than if i didn't you know what i mean it it, it has to be exactly exactly a, a positive energy going into exactly. it exactly and one thing i would add is sometimes people are in business okay and the ceo president and business owner doesn't necessarily have to be the best salesperson there they have to be adequate but, okay, uh, you know, like just like uh, the example I gave earlier, you know, I hired salespeople that at just the sales element of that business, they were way better than me. You know, um, they weren't as good as, as me at running the actual business or managing people. Okay, but sales, they were good. You know, so, you know, if uh, you're not comfortable, you don't want to do it all the time, then you have to find somebody that can do the, the job well for you. You know, if you want to stay in an industry. Absolutely. So here's a question that I think I know the answer to. Um, at, at least it's a no brainer for me, but we still get it a lot. So I need to ask just mm -hmm. to, you know, see if you're on the same page. Mm -hmm. um, how soon to contact a prospect mm -hmm. after they became a lead? After they became a lead? So they became a lead. They either filled out your form on a website, they emailed you back or you ASAP. Know... ASAP. You, like as soon as possible. Okay. A uh, person wants, is interested in your services. Okay, that lead is hot. Okay, in a couple of days they will forget, and then you and and as soon as that lead cools down, it's not the same thing anymore. So you have to do everything you can in your power, okay, to get them into a conversation and begin that dialogue. Okay, yeah. so you can't wait. You have to drop certain things in order to actually do that. Okay, if you don't have time, okay, that's nonsense because you will lose a lot of sales opportunities that way. You know, right. what's the point of paying for Facebook ads or, or paying a marketing company to generate you leads or, or, you know, doing alternative media things to get exposure if when it pays off and you get the leads, you're not going to take advantage and, and follow up and call them and set time aside to do that. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, and I, I would just. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you get a lead, they fill out a form, they reply to some sort of message. OK, yeah. And they want to talk. OK, that means literally that first business day. You uh, voice, you call them, you voicemail, you send them an email, okay, and you want to touch them probably five times like that if you can't get them on the phone, okay, to uh, at least begin something, okay, so you can schedule something. You probably want to. You're saying touch five them. times before you give up and move five on. Five times, yeah, probably five times in that uh, week and a half. You don't want to okay. be leaving a voicemail every day, 
you know, because then you 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 might become a, a another like a lunatic to them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, another thing yeah. I want to add yeah. on to that is, is uh, you know, how soon to contact a prospect after they become a lead. I think another reason that it's very important to do it, you know, sooner than later is for me. I know when I'm looking for a product, maybe there's something I didn't even know about, like uh, a VOIP phone calling service for my team so that they can you know effectively communicate with our customers and our leads. When I see someone advertise to me, um, like a business that does that, whether it be Facebook or I read an article on them and, and I, I get interested in them, I fill out a form and now there's like, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to be contacted and my brain is thinking, oh shoot, you know, I want this service. Let's type in that company versus, and then do a Google search. I'm going to find 10 other competitors and start doing research before they even reach out to me. And if I'm doing that, I'm already, you know, I'm already lost. Like if they were to reach out to me in the first five, 15, 20, 30 minutes, I'm I'm think, still into think it. about it this way. Let's say you have a store, okay, a retail establishment, and someone walks in and they want to buy a TV, and you tell them, you know, I don't have time to sell you a TV right now, okay? I'll come back in, in a couple days. Right. They're going to okay? go to Target. You know? I mean, does that make sense to you? No. If that, if you can't follow up on a lead immediately once they express interest, get out of the business. And I think that- Get out of the business world, okay? Go- of you know, our, teach preschool or something. Yeah, most of our listeners probably get that concept. It's just you know like, we get the question, so we get we, we want, have we clients want. sometimes. Well, they don't have the concept. Actually, but. I got I got that question today. I literally got that question this morning. They got a lead, and I'm not going to name names. They got a lead, <laughs> and they said, "Well, this happens not just one client. This happens all the time." You're right. I don't even think of it. I said, "Hey, what should I do now? What's their first time with a lead? I, call them. Yeah, sell your product." You yes. know, S schedule time. Yeah. Now we do have a guide here, don't we? At our company. We do have a guide. This. I will link that uh, everywhere that this video is found. You'll be able to find the best practice guide. Actually, you'll be able to find a page where you can download the guide from, not a direct link to it. Um, just for ease of best use practice there. follow up guide. Yes. Very informed or very yep. informative. Yeah. Uh, next question here. It's kind of an interesting one, too. And I think it depends on the route you want to go. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any tips for, for how to start a sales career? A sales career. A well, sales career. Wow. It's, it's broad. It doesn't have a lot of direct yeah. answer. You know, we can skip that one and come back to it if you need some thinking on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess for people who are looking to get into sales, I, I do see online, maybe, maybe you agree with this or not. I see car dealerships as a very uh, elementary way or easy way to get into that process. It's also a way to, for people to really start hating sales right away. <laughs> you go, sure. go, go sell cars. Yeah. You know, okay. so um, how to get in uh, and out get into very sales. efficiently. I would say, I would say that question comes from a person that probably thinks sales is easy. There's no such thing as easy anywhere. Okay. So first of all, um, you know, there is no specific thing that you have to get into any specific industry. Okay. It's just that you have to understand that sales, generally speaking, has a very, very high failure rate as far as, I mean, look, we're talking about closing percentages. We're talking closing percentages, 25%. Okay. That means 75% of the time you're failing. Right. Okay. So most people, okay, don't understand what that means that you could go through six, seven uh, calls 10 calls maybe in a row sometimes, especially in the beginning where you, you don't understand the industry or the product, okay, where you have zero results, okay? And uh, sales also because of that, okay, has a very high turnover rate. So you have to kind of understand that, uh, you know, you have to uh, understand how to engage people, you know, it's and how to get these conversations started and understand that you're looking for that, that you know, uh, 25 to 30% closing rate most of the time you're going to fail, you know, so it's very difficult to actually say how you get into a sales career. Right. You know, no, it's, broad, I, it's a broad question. 
I fell into it. You know, a lot of people fall into it. Right. You know, um, anybody that goes into business, though, here's the thing. Any so any person that is, you know, I'm going to start my own business. Okay, they have to know how to sell that product. Well, they're a salesman first, and then a business runner. Typically, second. typically they should be. Okay, in the sense of even if they do the product super well, no one's yep. going to buy it if they don't know how to effectively deliver and sell yep. it to a customer. Yep. You need to yep. either be able to do it yourself or hire someone who can correct. It. Exactly, exactly. And there's a twofold there. Okay, with the business is not only should you be able to sell, okay, but you also have to have marketing support. Marketing and sales they're related, but they're not the same thing. Okay, so you have to get in. You have to know how to get in front of your target market with whatever you're selling, right. you know. And uh, so there's a lot of things that are involved here. We could go back and talk about this question again, maybe one yeah, day. Yeah, no, that's uh, there's but, uh, a dozen. See, here's what we're gonna do. A lot of these questions, we're just doing a quick overview answers kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Once we put this out there, and and you want more explanations, or or you want you know full conversations dedicated to two, three, four of these specific questions, we can break them up. And, and we can just, you know, deep dive into those for, for an entire uh, episode category. And mm -hmm. that's fine. Um, the next one I got, you know, we're just trying to touch base on some of the most common ones so we can get a, a starting point. Mm -hmm. um, the next one here, cold calling in the uh, B2B space. When do you give up on a, on a potential customer? Cold calling? Cold calling. Not cold a warm lead. They've never expressed interest. Cold calling in the B2B cold calling, space. Cold calling, B2B, when do you give up? Two voicemails, two calls. Two voicemails, two calls. That's two calls. It. Uh, voicemails are spread out uh, a day apart. Okay. And okay. if they don't call you back, you're done. Yep. Because there's, if you know, a lot of times in the B2B, there's so many people. If you're cold calling, you yep. have an unlimited, yep. essentially, There's another question that I saw on cold calling on, um, and I don't know if we saw that. Let's see here. Um, was there we, got, we got a bunch more. Maybe yep. we'll get to it. Yep. Um, yeah, go ahead. Um, okay. So, yeah, cold calling, simple answer, two calls, two voicemails. Move on to the next one. It's a volume game, mm -hmm. right? It's a volume game. Volume game. Yep. Just like in our email marketing. You know what I mean? It's like. We send out a few emails. If they don't reply, they're not interested. We might hit them again in, in 30 to 60, 90 days. But we're not hitting them with an email every day. That's spam. Yep. I think uh, I think here's uh, here's the question about the cold calling. I'll ask the question. Yeah, please. That. It says the question was before cold calling, reaching out, how much oh. research do you do into the prospect? Here's the thing, okay, with cold calling, okay? Uh, with cold calling, you should segment, okay, uh, your cold calling into is industries and businesses. For example, I am going to only call insurance companies. I am only going to call accounting firms. I'm only going to call manufacturing companies. You know, that way the research is going to be very minimal at that point. Because if you're all over the place and you're calling all sorts of random companies, you know, um, uh, you can't changes. get a, yeah, your pitch changes. You can't get into a flow. Okay. You have to get it down so you're not spending. 10 minutes looking at each company. You know, if you have a list of insurance companies or med device companies, then you, uh, you know, the only thing you have to do is you have to pull up their website. You know, you, uh, I pull up their LinkedIn, the person I'm talking to, typically speaking. Okay. And the research, okay. For example, we offer lead generation and marketing services. So uh, we have to know the client's target market. Okay. Uh, going into each call. But if you segment, Okay, your list into industries, there's going to be minimal research involved that way. So that's very important. That way you're not scrambling around trying to research, okay, uh, you know, 10 different companies and 10 different industries. Okay, if that makes sense. That'll kind of narrow everything down no, as far as that, that's a good time. Good tip. Huge yeah. one. Um, here's one that I like. Um, daily practice slash routine to stay sharp 
and in tune for your calls. You know, make well, sure you're not fumbling around. Do you yeah. do anything? Do you do, do anything? Do I do anything? Do you do uh, anything? Well, first of all, you have to have enough sleep, okay, to going in. Sure. You know, uh, sure. Yeah. you know, you have to be sharp because you're going to be talking, okay? Uh, you have to have energy, okay? People want to have, they, they, they you have to be, you, you're a little bit of an entertainer, you know? They want to listen to you, yeah. you know? Because you got to have a high, yeah, high energy, a good You have good to have flow. energy, okay? So what I do is I drink a lot of coffee. You know, that's the one thing. Well, that I think I do. that's why you see, like, you know, not obviously, you, you know, this isn't a practice anymore, yeah. but like Wolf of Wall Street, all those sales guys, and a lot of those sales movies. There's, there's other um, high energy related uh, <laughs> um, things involved to keep them upbeat and on the fly and going. Yep. You know, yep. for yep. these conversations. Uh, there's nothing that I do to, you know, to stay sharp specifically. I you know just on a personal level. You know, well, that's uh, not always... true. I think that you. You live a pretty healthy lifestyle. Yeah, I do. Okay, you so, run hills. You, you keep, yep. you do your, you, you have energy. So, flowing. yeah, so I do. So you, you should, you know, you, this is just on a personal level. You should try to stay healthy as far as working out. Working out, interesting about working out. When you work out, um, uh, you actually have to spend energy to have energy. That's very important. You know, so I do work out probably four or five days a week. That's important. You know, uh, it's a mixture of cardio and weightlifting and whatnot. So I would recommend that. But the other thing is, is I'm always reading something, you know, um, I spend a lot of time reading. Okay. What does that do? Okay. And I don't mean necessarily pulling out a book and reading, you know. Well, that's funny because that's my okay. next question is the next question on the list here is the best sales book or would you recommend a sales book? So is that uh, what you're going to get into right no, now? No, no, actually, let's... I wasn't going to get into it. We can talk about that question next. But I was, was I, uh, where I was going with that is that uh, when you're reading stuff, um, that uh, improves your, uh, you know, vocabulary. Okay, you're going to be uh, more versatile as far as how you talk. Okay, you're gonna be, you're going to be more fluid. You're going to be more articulate. If the only thing you're doing is reading memes online or watching videos, guess what? Okay, they're they're fun. Okay, but you should actually read stuff. Okay, substance, substance, exactly. You Increase know, your I vocabulary, read, keep you fresh. Also, read, it's good to have uh things to talk about. You know, relevant things to talk about. If there was a hurricane somewhere or a thing somewhere when you're on the phone, sure, maybe you sure. know, maybe someone asked about that. You sure, can, you can maybe talk exactly, about it. Maybe. Exactly. You know, I mean, I I read about what's going on in the world, different parts of the world, uh, geopolitics. You know, so I'm always kind of reading up on that. I mean, probably that's the main thing that I digest sure. on a regular basis. You're just staying okay. mentally sharp. Exactly. You know, okay. I mean, any, reading anything, okay, is going to, uh, sure. you know. So, yeah, that. I mean, to answer that question, daily practice, yeah, you, you run, you stay healthy, you eat well. You read. And, and you read You read. Things. You read. Uh, exactly. Do you read any sales books? Um, You know, I'll tell you, you know, there's a lot of sales books, okay. I have not read that many sales books, okay. Um, for people that are in business, however, here's what I, I will recommend a book. Okay. Andrew, read some sales books. No, I have the this. sales books there for videos to be in the background. I don't read any. It's okay. I don't so think he has them there as props. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> props are really good for, for, for I've read the cliff notes of those books and they're pretty, I will recommend the common book. knowledge. Good. Stuff. I will recommend the book for some of you guys that are in business. It's called the e-myth. Okay. Uh, Google the e-myth. Okay. It talks about how a lot of. Uh, people that are good at maybe creating the product, get into business, and how they very quickly uh, get burnt out, okay? Because they have to wear a lot of hats, and they get burnt out. Yeah. It kind of guides you through that uh, infant stage of your business. So uh, I would recommend that. The E-Myth. I will link the I'll link that in, in Amazon yep. um, as well. How, how do you rebuttal or respond to the commonly asked question, how did you get my phone number or how did you get my email? 
Well, we I get that question right now. I yeah, get that no. question. And we how do you have, deal? How do you deal have, with it? We have dozens of database sources where uh, you know we uh, get the person's name, the email address, their phone number, so it's out there. Okay, if it's a business to business sale, you know, there you just tell them. You just say, hey, I just tell them. Hey, I just tell them. There's dozens your, of your, databases. Your information is in a several dozen databases, and I, I looked them up, and I you're in my target market, so I called you. Exactly. That question is becoming more and more rare. Okay. Because people understand that their information is everywhere. As a business, you register, going to be, you, you form an LLC. Yeah. It's, it's public info. Yeah, that is, you know, and I, I don't want to sound derogatory here. That is, that's a baby boomer question very often. Okay, they don't get it. Oh, how'd you get my <laughs> And for clarity, for clarity, you don't, you don't consider yourself a boomer. No, I'm, a, I'm Gen X. There's this, <laughs> there's this generation between baby boomers and the millennials. Okay, called Gen X. I belong to that. Okay, nobody knows anything about Gen X. Yeah, but they just they have done nothing wrong. They're they, not there. I'm I'm glad we're we're invisible. Actually, it's fantastic. Yeah, you guys are that middle sweet ground where yeah, you know you're not you're not being mocked for being lazy and poor, but you're not being you're also not being mocked for ruining the the world as as it for sits. not knowing what Twitter is. You know, right? Exactly. You know what that is. It's my father making uh, fun of uh, <laughs> millennials. Sure. Um, I love that. No, that's, mm-hmm. that's good. Okay. So the question is becoming less, less common. It's outdated. It doesn't really make any sense because everyone should know that there's business databases everywhere that cater to finding this kind if of If you want to get really, um, if you want to get uh, very specific, you know, this, this is going to work, you know, we research every company manually. So, uh, before I called you, okay, I yeah. went online, okay. And I, uh, researched, uh, software companies, med device companies, and I pulled out, uh, you pulled, know, I pulled put together, I pull, I put together, uh, a, a, a list of 10 companies and you were one of them. Sure. I decided to call you. That's kind of personal. You know, you know I like that. Say that how here's a good one. I think it's probably one of a, a really common question, actually, how to re-engage old leads. That's good. Okay. That's a good question. And that's, and that's a difficult thing to answer because it's going to depend on what you're selling and again, the target market. Uh, I would say that you have to, at this point, maybe uh, have some sort of value added to something previous that you were trying to sell them. Like for example, right now we have a lot of proposals that are out there for lead generation and marketing with our company, but uh, we now are going to be doing podcasts for a lot of the, uh, you know, for a lot of clients. You know, and we're going to promote their business and our business simultaneously as we do a Q&A session with them, you know, about their company. And this is a value added part of our service. You know, so if you have some sort of value added thing that you could add to something previously, okay, that you've talked about, some sort of deal maybe you can give them, something special. I was going to say, would you consider a discount similar to a value add? Meaning you got a holiday discount, you got a... A you two could. for one, or you, maybe you upgraded your server, your system, and you know now you include, let's say, for example, hypothetically, if we were initially offering lead generation via email, and now we're, we're doing it via LinkedIn too, would you re-reach out to try to re-engage them at that point? Like you, anytime you, could, you slightly you change could. your service? Or, or if you have more pertinent information, more eye-opening information that you can now uh, show them okay, okay. and offer them, you know? Uh, it kind of depends, you know, if all of a sudden there's some sort of major breakthrough breakthrough, or you could show them some uh, new stats that you didn't show them before that they're going to say, oh, wow. OK, um, I want to talk to this guy again. Or, you know, even what what, what, I, what we've done uh, here is is we've done some things like uh, creating a testimonial page or, or an onboarding page of customer experiences where there's customer videos experiences. So you can just say, hey, um, I know it's been a few months since we talked. But in case you were still interested, I've put this page together. Here's what some of our clients are saying after the first month of being with us. 
you should check it out and it might convince you to give us a try. And that's, that's been exactly. a really good method too, to re-engage and, and open up the door again for an additional conversation. If you have new material to add, okay, especially if let's say you have a client, okay, and a, you know, a specific type of client, if you, you can show maybe a video, like Andrew was saying, video testimonial of a very similar client that you already have, okay, and this, uh, you know, uh, client in, in this testimonial is saying that uh, you know, whatever you've been, you've sold them works fantastic, okay, that's going to, you know, uh, have some effect. My, my probably last question here that we're going to touch on is, are there any common red flags that you could be aware of when you have a first conversation with a prospect, meaning they're just a tire kicker, they're going to waste your time, or they're going to be a terrible client? Like, how do you just limit your time so you're not wasting it on bad opportunities? Boy, that's that's a difficult, a loaded question. That's a yeah. load of, I should have given you that question. one first. So that's you a loaded question. Prepped up. I, I, you know, I'll tell you. Okay, is I very often will know within one or two minutes. But how can I explain that based on my intuition? Okay, that's that's very very difficult. Yeah, you know, is it like um, if they ask too many questions? If they if they talk too much about the pricing? If they don't, you know, meet their well, first call? Like, you know, what, if you're selling if you're if you're selling something that's more than a thousand dollars, and the first thing they want to ask, you know, uh, is how much? You know, um, typically speaking, okay, uh, they're a tire kicker. 90% of the time, when I they, watch. When they if focus a, on price in the first five yeah, minutes. If, if that's the only thing, if they focus about, if that's the only thing they want to know immediately is how much, okay, uh, they're looking at you as some sort of a commodity and they really don't care, okay? Okay. That's, that's going, if it's, if you're selling something expensive, you know, over a thousand dollars, you know, um, then that's, that, that's for sure. That's a red flag right there. If the only thing that they're asking right away is cost. Okay. But then, you know, it's also little things, you know, uh, intangible things, uh, you know, uh, the sound of their voice, etc. you know, um, if they're, uh, yeah, if they're irritable. Okay. I okay. don't want to talk to them if they're irritable. Yeah. You can't, no. If they're in a bad mood, what do you think that call is going to go well? You know, um, I'm not going to push and want to have a conversation where with a guy, with a person that's not ready to have that type of a discussion. You know, I, I, I literally tell him that sounds like I caught you in a bad time. Uh, you know, should we uh, should we talk uh, tomorrow? OK. And, you know, and the, the people that are caught that way. OK. When you when you tell them that, OK, they still very often will claim that they can talk to you. Okay, but, you know, I want to make sure, okay, that they're ready to, to have a conversation. You know, if they don't have a lot of time to talk, you know, the, the guy that says, yeah, I have a few minutes. What, you're going to sell whatever you have and you're going to actually do that in a few minutes? Right, you're gonna That's a red a, flag. You're going to get a $2,000 okay. sale within three no, minutes of no, them No, you're not going to do that. So, so right. somebody, you, you have to, kind of like what I was saying in the beginning, got to schedule a call. They have to be ready, you know, and they, it, it can't be all about cost. Right. You know? I completely so. agree on that front. Uh, in addition to everything that we've just talked about, as you guys have more questions, you know, we're going to try to do uh, one of these at least, you know, once a month, maybe twice a month, depending on how, uh, you know, frequently we get enough questions to create content around. Um, and then in addition to that, if you're watching this, there's also going to be a couple of links to the stuff that we push here. Um, our service, Better B2B Leads. Um, happy to have you check that out. If you need you know, quality leads right to your inbox of people from your exact target market interested in your service, aware of what you do and wanting to talk, right? Uh, so you can use some of the information you just got about how to close them. That would be betterb2bleads.com. I'll put a link below everywhere that you can find this video and or podcast uh, for your ease of access. Reach out to us. Um, it's very uncommon that we can't make something, you know, positive ROI happen for the bulk of our clients and the bulk of B2B industries. 
that being said, uh, Vit, do you have any other things to add here as far as, you know, last, you know, things that came up that you wanted to address during conversation about any of the questions or, or about any, anything else? Uh, no, uh, you know, it's just that, you know, our service, it's, uh, it's not only do we provide leads for our clients, but we also help them actually sell the leads that uh, our uh, method generates. So, Yo, um, yeah, and on that note, the best practice guide, I'll link that uh, as stated, I'll have that linked and available uh, as well. That's it. All right. Thanks. Thank uh, you. Andrew at B2Bdataguide.com, Vit at B2Bdataguide.com. Uh, if you guys have questions on sales stuff, um, I'll link Vit's email in a description as well. You can reach out to him. He's happy to kind of get a conversation going, just, you know, random questions. He's, he's pretty uh, helpful. You know, he is pretty busy during the day, but, you know, give him a few and, and he usually be uh, able to reply and, and assist you on that front. Uh, cheers and thank you.